Welcome to the Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand, a podcast for leading financial professionals or rainmakers and their teams that offer support for securing a successful future. From marketing help to staffing structure, listen and subscribe for actionable insights from advisors and skilled professionals alike. Welcome, everybody. I'm excited for today's little episode that we have here. Obviously, a, a topic that I feel strongly about. And, you know, I've seen personally how it's really helped me become a better advisor. And so I'm, I'm excited to have a couple guest baristas with me today and Jeff Warnkin and Scott Kalp. And, um, you know, we titled this How Tax Management Can Make You a Better Advisor. And I remember about 16 years ago um, when I had been working at another organization and I had recruited Jason Smith to become an advisor there and, and for the JL Smith to join that group, he was really interested in building a tax preparation business and, and we helped him do that. And several years later, I remember, you know, hearing from him a comment that he said, you know, just by the virtue of owning a tax preparation business, I've become such a better financial advisor because it forced him into an area of talking about taxes and learning about taxes that he hadn't been in before. And again, I think at C2P, we've all kind of experienced that and continuing to double down on taxes. And I, I want to, you know, just kind of ask a few questions to some of the, the the guests that we have on here today. But just first off, I think everybody in our organization knows Jeff Warnkin. Jeff's the lead advisor at JL Smith. Prior to JL Smith, he had his own independent practice. That's how Jeff and I got connected through a mutual friend when I moved back to Cleveland when we were starting C2P. And I, I just want to say the one thing that actually you know, Jeff's one of the guys that kind of indirectly inspired me to kind of get really involved in taxes, you know, just because, you know, he was a CFP and a CPA and a master's in taxation. And I just thought like watching him and his knowledge was such a deadly one-two punch that like, you know, I didn't want to go get the CPA because I didn't want to learn public accounting, but it was really what inspired me to get the CFP and EA you know, as kind of a, a an ability to bring those two things together. And Scott Culp is also with us here. You know, Scott, I think is, you know, if, if Jeff's our longest standing advisor, Scott <laughs> might be number two at C2P. I think he joined us about 13 years ago also. And Scott has a thriving tax preparation business. I think, Scott, you shared you guys did over a million dollars of income tax preparation income last year. But, you know, those guys have really doubled down on tax management also. And, and I love just collaborating with Scott and hearing what him and Ben are doing. And so let's kind of just jump right on into it with you guys. I mean, you know, Jeff, maybe you can kick us off and just maybe briefly explain like what tax management means in the context of like how you talk about holistic financial planning and like how you feel it's just kind of given you a better ability to serve your clients. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. Thanks for that intro, by the way. I appreciate it. We did go back a long way. You know, I came into my financial planning, my career as a financial advisor from the CPA ranks. So, you know, my perspective, tax management is really built into my DNA. I came in from that side. I saw early on back in the mid 90s when I started to provide financial advice, how, you know, how fragmented the financial services industry was and how People had to go see their tax person. They had to see their investment person. They had to see their insurance person. And then they go to each of these individuals and, and they may be very competent in their own 
areas, but they bring all this data back and, and put it out on the dining room table and they say, gee, and all this, do, do I have a plan? So it just came natural to me because I was I'm a high implementer and I wanted my clients to actually I wanted them to experience the benefits of the planning that we were putting on the table. And you and I both know that if you tell a client, you know what, we're going to maximize, you should maximize the 24% tax bracket by doing Roth conversions over the next three years while we still have the tax rates where, where we're at or two years now. And we're going to, and you should have the taxes withheld from the, from the converted amounts. When you meet with that client a year later, did they do that? Never, no. hardly ever. Right. 99% of the time there, it didn't get done. And it, it, it's not because it's simply because that life gets in the way. So I, I figured out early on that if I was going to be the type of advisor that I wanted to be for these folks and provide the value that I saw. I needed to get in in there, get my hands dirty and actually make this happen for people, help them do the conversions, help them do the tax planning, help them harvest the, do the tax loss harvesting, help them navigate IRMA and the net income investment tax. And, you know, all these things that we can talk about and we know about uh, very, uh, you know, passionately, but if you don't actually do this for the clients, it's just simply not going to get done. We know that if we implement a financial plan for clients, that's a much stickier relationship. If we have a tax plan and we are implementing that tax plan with them and for them through tax management, you've got a client for life. Yeah, I love that. And like the takeaway is the storytelling. Like you have a personal example. And I was just doing, I did a fit call with a client two nights ago that was referred to me. They, they've got about 2.7 million uh, most of it is an ESOP with company stock. And I started talking about our holistic approach in these five pillars. And I just kind of brought that to light again. Like, is your CPA that you're currently working with proactively working with your financial planner, your investment advisor, your attorney to proactively coordinate all these? Or is it all on you? Like, is everybody just dumping information into your lap and then it's your job to coordinate? And he was like, yeah, it's all on me. And I said, well, when you become a client of ours, that disappears. You don't have to focus on that in your retirement because we're going to proactively coordinate and implement all of that for you. And he was like, that's exactly what I want. How do I get started? And I said, we'll send you our financial planning agreement. The cost is blah, blah, blah to go through our process. And that night he signed it and already paid his invoice via advice pay. And we have our first discovery meeting with him tomorrow. So like, yeah. again, I think, you know, Jeff, like using that story and that example is so powerful. And then the other thing that I would just comment on there is like words matter and urgency drives decision and action. And like, even when I talk about the tax cuts and jobs act expiring, like Jeff, you said we have two years now. I changed my language. All of these tax cuts are expiring at the end of next year. Like we can say that now. It's not like two years sounds like I still got a bunch of time. But when I say it and frame it of it's the end of next year, this stuff goes away. Like that sounds closer, you know, like more around the corner. So again, like we're in a place where these things expire at the end of next year. Yep. And I think um, what the, 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 the emphasis on the tax management, well, first of all, I see it as an extension of my fiduciary duty, but also you know, it's given us that 
conversation with clients as to why they need to consolidate all their assets in one place. If they've got other advisors and they've got assets all over the place and we're trying to implement this complex tax plan with Roth conversions and tax loss harvesting or whatever it might be, you know, are you really going to be able to do that across multiple accounts and multiple custodians and multiple advisors? So I think it's really given us that ability to have that conversation with clients from the standpoint that really makes sense. There's, there's, a, there's a concrete reason for them to do business with us, apart from all the other things that we all you know, talk about and, and, and know areas that we know we bring value. Absolutely. Scott, I want to kind of turn it over to you. Can you talk a little bit about like just, you know, some of the things that you've seen that you've implemented that have been a game changer for your business and maybe how you're talking to clients and prospects and some of the ideas that you're sharing? Well, first, I like that end of tax year and we're putting in and we need to be the estate tax planning with limit going down. And as I tell clients that we got to figure out how far below 13 million do we take you? Because if you're right at 13 and you aren't spend and you aren't spending all your money, you're going to go above and say, that's going to be a really tough thing. But I still remember sitting at the mastermind when the lifetime tax management come up and I was like, this is just so simple, but so powerful. And then you add on it the tax management journey. And for anybody who has not been there in the last year. I, I think I went two years ago, then was on it, went last year. It has changed so much. And the tax strategies and planning is above anything that I've ever seen at any tax school, anything. And I think it's that you need, everybody's put that on a list and probably doing at least every other year, if not every year. And what, Dave, what you guys have put together on that is just, it, it's mind blowing. And this tying the taxes, the investments, I have a really great advocate and he just called me. We, we did a, a snowbird lunch in, in Phoenix on last Friday and he's down there. He brought some clients and I did, just did a small thing and talked about holistic planning. He calls me last night and he said, I got another referral for you. And he said, I told him, if you aren't doing your investments the same place that you're getting your taxes done, it's hurting you. And it's like, oh, he got the message and he's telling him that. And that's how we got most of our clients. So make, you got to do the tax management. That's journey. a great one-liner, Scott. I'm definitely stealing that. If you're not, would you? If you're not, if you don't have your investments at the same place you're getting your taxes done, you would you yep. say it's cost? It's costing you money. It's costing you money. Like, yep. That's so yep. simple. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, you know, sometimes our advocates say it better. So that's the first thing. the The other thing is for any the, the loss of QBI is huge you know, the qualified business income. So anybody you have that is a business, like us, a farmer and a rancher, it's a 40% increase because uh, they're, like they're in the 22% bracket, they're only paying 17, eight on that income. And that's going to go to 25. So that's a huge thing we talk about too. And oh, I love that language, the end of next year. So like you said, words matter. So the Roth planning you guys have talked about, that's a huge thing. I had a client we were just doing to the top of the twelve. And he came in yesterday and I said, we need to go to the top of the 22. And I basically just wrote down the rule 72, what it would grow to, you know, time they die 10 more years and said, it's going to take 32,000 of tax the next two years. They've never paid more than five or six. I said, we're going to take the money from this non-qualified account and we're going to set it aside and we're going to pay it. And it makes sense. 
And so that is huge. The I learned this years ago and I started using it again. And it says, for this money we're talking about, do you need the income now, the income later, or the income never? And it allows you, and they say, is there some of your money you probably won't need the income? Yes. Well, it allows you to look at or even do the Roth conversions. So I started pulling that in. And then the other thing, Dave, when I was thinking about this, and especially you and me, I, I started in the life insurance industry. And I remember going to a conference and they said, become an expert in a specific profession or industry. And I remember there was a guy there who was, he sold life insurance to judges and they all referred. And I realized, oh my God, that's what we've done in the ag industry is we become an expert and then they refer and that's what you've done, Dave. And so I think, especially with the tax side, become an expert in the tax side, you know, in a specific profession or industry and they'll refer people, you know, to you and you become the expert. So yeah, that, that, that this lifetime tax management and you had the tax management journey, I think so set C2P apart. So about everybody else and what you've done with it, Dave, thank you. That's just, it's amazing. Uh, thank you, Scott. And, you know, a couple of things, I, you know, for those of you, I have a webinar upcoming at one o'clock where I'm going to talk a lot about if you weren't in the Orlando retreat, talking about the tax management journey, I'm talking about what I'm talking about with my clients and how I'm referring to the great sunset that's going to happen at the end of next year. And Scott, you know, you mentioned something that I think is a huge opportunity. Most of you have heard me talk about this over the last 18 months is, you know, when Tax Cuts and Jobs Act happened, pretty much every good attorney went from talking about estate tax to income tax because the estate tax wasn't really relevant for a big audience. Now what we're starting to see is there's a lot more conversation stirring up about the estate tax again. I mean, I just did a review meeting with one of my clients last night that has about 50 million. They're making $25 million a year. And like in three years, they're going to have $100 million. And these are the decisions and the points. And I have a, a joint meeting with another advisor, Jude Wilson, later on today. He brought me and my attorney, Benjamin Kelly, in on a $20 million client that he has. It's our second meeting. And the conversation is, of course, like we are always laser focused on trying to solve for your income tax, but we also want to focus on your lifetime tax, right? And so those are the things that that we could have these types of conversations around that that are going to continue to differentiate. And I know, Scott, you've done that with a lot of your clients as well, who aren't at a transfer tax issue right now, but if the exemptions get cut in half, they certainly could be into the future. And I always use that simple rule of 72, right? If you've got $8 million right now, and we could earn 7.2% return, your eight turns to 16, your 16 turns to 32, if you're not burning and spending a lot of it. And we all have those clients who, even though they have a good amount of money, they're just not burning it like they, they potentially could be. They're still accumulating it. And so, you know, those are just such simple examples. And the one thing I talk about a lot with my clients that I don't think we should, you know, overlook, it's the simplest tool in estate planning. But in my opinion, one of the most effective is the annual gift exclusions where you can give $18,000 to as many people as you want each year. And so, you know, that stuff adds up. I mean, $18,000 a year times 10 years, that's 180,000 times two couples, that's 360,000 over a decade. 
you know, uh, $720,000 over two decades. And so, so starting to think about that multi-generational planning could become really important. And, and that helps on income and estate taxes. And so just kind of so many things to be able to educate consumers about right now that it's just like, it's again, it's the most exciting time I've ever seen to be in this business. I, hey, I, look, I had something to that. I had a was with an attorney doing some very high level planning for a single individual with a forty million net worth, and he was talking about slats and idgits. And I stopped the attorney and I drew a box and I said, "Todd, here's your box. Here's your net worth. If this box grows anymore, you're you're giving forty percent of it to the government." And I drew his two kids' boxes and here's their box. I said, "You need to change your thinking." and have your assets be it growing in the kids' name. And then I took the term that you said, you know, either freeze, shrink, or burn. And I actually just called him, and he's a farmer, and he's spending 45 days in Florida. I said, I, I like what you're doing. You're down there burning your assets. He said, you bet I am. Yeah, they like that. And I, you know, I always share with clients, you know, my goal in a good estate plan is I want to make you broke. Like, that sounds wild. I'm your financial advisor, but I want to make you broke. I don't want you to own a single asset, but I want you to have all the benefits of all these assets. So the reality of it is, if you own the assets, now it's subject to creditors, it's subject to estate taxes upon your passing. But if I could get all those assets out of your name, but you still have full control and access, right? So, you know, Jeff, if I set up an irrevocable trust for you and it's for your benefit, Jeff has to ask Jeff for money. Is Jeff going to give Jeff money? Yes, you still have access to the money, but but now it's protected from estate taxes. And so, you know, changing the dynamic. And if you're not familiar with this, I highly encourage I did a webinar with Benjamin Kelly, who is the estate planning attorney I use for all my high net worth clients. I mean, Ben's got seven billionaire clients now. And so this guy just has a very great way to position this stuff and and go back and watch that webinar I did with him because it's not just stuff for 10, 20, 30, 40 million dollar clients. This is stuff you can be talking about for even your clients that have three, four, five million dollars. That multi-generational legacy planning is important to them, right? So it's very similar concepts that you can take. But, you know, I have a client in Ohio that's worth about $4 million. Multi-generational legacy planning was really important for him. And I'm going to do a case study on what we did for him with our attorney, actually, Jeff, your attorney, Russ. He helped kind of me orchestrate all the legal documents in Ohio of setting up a family LLC and funding it with a $2 million death benefit life insurance policy to create an operating LLC for the for the future kids and grandkids to be able to have their lake house in Marblehead that no family member ever needed to think about paying for expenses again. And so like, there's so much cool things that we have, but it all starts with having these conversations around, you know, when you're gone, where does your money go? Who's in charge? What are the rules? What do you want to accomplish? And to me, it all like starts the door opener is taxes to have those types of conversations. Yeah, the key is keeping it simple. I love your example, Scott, of the of the box and just being able to explain a lot of these complex uh, concepts as simply as possible. You know, I love the concept of a lifetime tax burden. You know, most people have never really thought about that. The lifetime tax burden to me is made up of three distinct phases. All the taxes you pay during your working years. And then yes, unfortunately, all the taxes you're gonna pay during retirement, you are not exempt from income taxes the day you retire. 
And then finally, the third phase is all the taxes that Uncle Sam, that last whack that Uncle Sam gets to take out of your, you know, either out of your income for uh, IRAs and things like that, or out of your estate if you're subject to estate taxes. So, you know, you got to keep your eye on the prize and look at that, you know, the whole the whole thing in in totality to really get give clients the best advice. I love also love Greg Dillon's spin on the concerns and priorities worksheet worksheet the when you question you know when you talk about the taxes you say when you had the discussion with your existing advisor about what proactive strategies did he or she recommend uh, in order for you to be able to reduce or, or minimize your current taxes and or your future lifetime taxes and what the response to that most of the time is deer in the headlights. They've never had that conversation. Their advisors are not talking to them about this stuff. I keep it real simple. And I do use the rule of 72 as well. I really like that. I say, look, when it comes to Roth conversions, for example, if we get this money over the tax fence from the always tax to the never tax, when this account doubles, and it surely will in the fullness of time, do you want that next doubling of value to be 100% tax-free to you and your family so that all of that value in yours to your benefit? Or do you want to share that with Uncle Sam? And of course, it's kind of a rhetorical question because obviously they want it to all accrue to their to their benefit. But it just it, it it's a way of of helping clients see very simply you know, the path forward and the right thing to do. And my former profession, and I still am a practicing CPA or recovering CPA, as, <laughs> as a lot of people like to joke. You know, we we have been part of the problem. We have always told, and even to this day, I have peers who are telling people to defer, defer, defer. Never pay a tax before it's due. Pay with inflated dollars. Push it down the road. And, you know, I understand where they're coming from with that, but every every bone in my CPA professional body tells me that if I can buy out my tax liability at the rates that we have today, that it makes sense to do that. I think one of the best investments clients can make today is in, is in taxes and in buying taxes. And people look at you like, what are you talking about? Well, you've got 100000 in a CD or, or excess cash over here. What's the best thing to do with that? In a lot of cases, you can show them empirically the best thing to do with that is to buy out your tax liability on your deferred money at today's rates. Yeah, I mean, I, I use the analogy sometimes in the tax management journey that like we've all heard a good financial principle is like try to pay off your mortgage, the liability on your home by the time you retire. And like everybody's so gung-ho about trying to pay off the mortgage or the liability on their home by the time they retire. Like what about trying to pay off the liability on your retirement accounts by the time you retire? Right. Like that's right. in many cases a bigger, bigger balance than what the mortgage balance is. And so, you know, the other thing that I share, and I don't think it's, you know, to the fault of this CPA or, or tax profession completely, but like the, and I, and I share this with clients, like the reasons that, you know, the traditional tax preparers advice is defer, 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 is they're trying to quantify an instance, an instant tax savings to offset the charge that you're paying. Right. Mm -hmm. So like if I can tell you to defer $100,000 into a retirement account and that saves you 24 grand, I can just say, Jeff, guess what? I just saved you $24,000. But 
Did I really save you $24,000 or did I just create a future liability for you? And I say, the problem is they're only focused on the current year. They're not thinking of your lifetime taxes. And tax management is like playing a game of chess, not checkers. We need to be thinking four, five, six, seven moves ahead. Now, if you plan on retiring and giving all of your money to charity, maybe it's the right move to defer, 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 because we can get all that money out of your retirement account to charities tax-free. But if you're going to actually need to live off a chunk of this money, maybe taking a more diversified approach to taxation makes a little more sense. And so I think just, again, like the when you question, providing that education, focusing on lifetime taxes, you know, such a big differentiator. Hey, Dave, I just want to emphasize, if I can, to you hit on it, and I think it's super important people understand, is the entry level of the client, their mindset. Yesterday, I had two fit calls that if I didn't talk the tax language, would have never turned into discoveries. And you made that point of saying, you guys signing you know, the contract before even coming out. And one of the guys is like, well, why would I want to pay the taxes today? And it's just being able to explain to them, you just ex told me one of your priorities is to take care of your younger wife in the event you die. Well, why would you want to defer all of those taxes to a later date in a single tax bracket when the taxes are probably going to be three times as much as if you just split from your IRS today? Remember, it's not what you make, it's what she's going to be able to keep. And frame it in that story, he's like, I never thought about it that way. Let's get together. Yeah. You know, so you, it's, it's the conversion, bringing them into that appointment, and even more so to your point that you brought out, it's like, listen, the, honestly, the way it's going to work, is the management, right? You know, I love the conversation, preparation, planning, management. So are you open and willing to become a wealth management client of ours? Because he was a self-tour. And he goes, in the context of what you explained, yes. So you now he's coming into that discovery with a completely different frame of mind, not just to find out about what we might know, but really interested in how can we have us help him with what he needs to do. That's great, Greg. Appreciate it. Any other, you know, we've got about two minutes left here. Any other closing Dave, comments? Yep. Hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. Hey, two things that we do when we do tax reduction. One is we keep a, a ongoing tab of the amount of taxes we save for the clients. But two, when we do save them, we insist that we take those tax savings and invest them. And so now what you've got is not only a tax saving situation, but now you accumulate additional wealth. So one of our clients, we saved $140,000, and then we reinvested it into a natural gas, got a tax deduction up front. But then all those uh, distributions coming in over a 20, 30-year period of time, they're designed for the next generation. And so $140,000 tax savings is generated, will generate over $2 million of additional wealth. So you, you can get uh, like a double-edged sword when, when you're talking to your clients. Yeah, it's a great point. I know Conrad and and my team's not in this meeting today, but you know, he's he does a great job at that, working with business owners where, you know, he saves them such a large amount of income taxes, you know, that that creates their savings to then go and invest efficiently. And when you could say, Hey, not only am I saving you a hundred grand a year in taxes over, you know, 20 years, that's two million dollars of savings. But if we can dollar cost that average into the market at 7%, you know, not only did we save you 2 million that would have otherwise gone to the IRS, but now we have, you know, $4 million of assets that are in on your family's balance sheet instead of, you know, on the government's. And so I think, you know, those types of things are such a powerful one-two punch for sure.
Thanks for sharing. And Dave, for any advisors on the call that you know might be concerned about you know making that transition into tax management, you know I would just recommend that certainly, as Scott said, the tax management journey program that you've put together. You know, if you're not 100% confident in your skills in this area, you know, run, don't walk to the next tax management journey. That's a great place to start. I think elevating your skills as a certified financial planner is, is a great step as well. And then I have also been fortunate to join the Ed Slot group a couple of years ago, and I find a tremendous value in that as well. That's awesome, Jeff. I appreciate sharing. So the next TMJ is virtually, so you don't even have to leave the comfort of your own couch. And it is the 21st and 22nd of February. And then for those of you who want to come visit me down here in Charleston, South Carolina, in May, we will be having one. And so come down here and see the town and be with us in person. So we've got a couple options for you upcoming, both virtual and live in the next six months or so. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, Scott, Greg, as always, thanks for chiming in. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was brought to you by C2P, an organization whose purpose is to educate, train, grow, and support holistic financial advisors so families can achieve true prosperity. Never miss an episode by subscribing now to discover new resources and strategies. Visit c2penterprises.com to learn how we can help scale and secure your business. At the time of delivery and any subsequent publishing, information was deemed reliable but is subject to change by the time of listening or viewing. The contents of this piece include the opinions and projections of C2P Enterprises, are subject to change, and are for informational purposes only. The information provided in this presentation is not intended to be individual investment, tax, or legal advice.